share with you a story about the power of tshuva. A story that happened to a chassid of the Mittler Rebbe, who was a very wealthy chassid. He had a lot of businesses, big businesses, and he had a son that worked with him in the business. This son, unfortunately, Behaved not like a Jew should behave. He behaved in a very bad way. He didn't keep any mitzvahs. When he was a child, he learned in Cheder, and he learned really well with his teacher and his friends. He learned a lot of good Torah. He went to shul with his father. But then as he got older, he slowly, slowly made bad friends, and he learned from their ways until he became very, very, very bad. He didn't do any mitzvahs, didn't put on tefillin, didn't keep Shabbos. And something even more terrible happened. First of all, his father felt terrible. father kept telling him, well, what's happening? Why are you stopping to put on tefillin? Why don't you keep Shabbos? And he would just not listen to his father. But the son lived at home with his family. And he was also involved in the business of his father. One day, it was the night of Pesach. <clears throat> the father and the whole family were sitting by the Seder table. And this son, who was um, not keeping Torah mitzvahs, in the middle of the Seder decided to pull out from his bag. He had a bag under the table that he brought before the meal, before the Seder. He, and he takes out a loaf of bread and puts it down next to his plate by the table. Like saying, uh, he's going to eat bread tonight. He doesn't care about, you know, the, the chametz and matzah on Pesach. When the father saw this, he was like shocked. He was so shocked. Like, he thought he was going to faint. Why would his son be so bad that he would take out a loaf of bread in front of everyone at a Seder plate, at a Seder table? That's terrible. And that broke his father so much. He decided to travel to the Mittler Rebbe. He told me the Rebbe was crying, crying. He says, Rebbe, I don't know what happened to my son. In the middle of the Seder, he took out a loaf of bread. The Mittler Rebbe said to him, I can't help you. The great tzaddik, the holy regioner, and he has the ability to, he may be able to help him. So the father thinking in his head, how am I going to tell my son to go to the Heilike Rishonar? He's not going to want to go to a rabbit, a tzaddik. He doesn't uh, want to do anything Jewish. But the Mittler Rebbe sensed what he was thinking. And he said to him, go to your son and tell him that you're going to visit a big businessman, a very rich man, who's really, really rich, and we're going to try to do business with him. We're going to get him to buy things from us, and maybe by doing business with him, we'll make a lot more money. So you tell him you're going to a very, very wealthy man's, a rich man's house. We're going to talk to him about business, how we can make business together. 
So when the father heard this, he said, okay, so he went outside, uh, went, went home and told his son, you know, we're going to the city of Ruzhin. There lives a very rich man. And I think we want to go do business with him. Maybe you come with me. So the son said, sure, sure. For business, he would travel anywhere. And so they traveled to Ruzhin. When they came to Rijin, they saw this magnificent, beautiful house. As we know, the Rijiner had a lot of rich Hasidim. They gave him a lot of money. And he used the money, some of gave it used for stock, but a lot of it he used to build themselves a big, big, big mansion. Beautiful house, looked like a palace. And everything in the, in the mansion had the most expensive stuff, most expensive furniture, and, and the walls were decorated with the most expensive stuff. It would look literally like a palace of a king. Which is the reason why, as you know already from the previous stories, that some people went to the government and said that the Rijiner wants to overthrow the government. He wants to become the next czar. And the proof, they said, look how he lives. He lives in this so much big houses. He's a lot of Hasidim coming to him, just like a king. He wants to be the king of Russia, and he's planning to overthrow the government. Of course, it wasn't true, but they managed to get the, the czar to get angry at the regional and they tried to arrest him, to put him in prison. So the regional had everything very, very fancy stuff in the house. But as we know, the regional was such a big tzaddik, it didn't matter to him. It's not like he loved having nice, expensive, beautiful things like many people like we know, right? They like having luxurious things, beautiful things, expensive things around the house. The Rizhina did it for a different reason. He did it to serve Hashem. Because one of the things, one of the ways people, Tzadikim said that why the Rizhina did this is because the Jewish people at that time lived in Golis and they were oppressed by the Goyim. And there was poverty. The Jewish people felt like really down because all the going were treating them like they were like lowly things, you know. So in order to make people feel, no, we, we, we deserve to be royalty. We're like royalty. We're like the sons of kings. We come from Hashem is the king of the universe. We just said in Rosh Hashanah, Amalek, you're the king, and we're like Hashem's children. So we're like princes. We shouldn't feel like down against the going. We're more important than the going. And so he, he had these fancy things to make people listen, you know, as Jews, we, we are the real, the real kings in the world. At any rate, the, 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 the father and son traveled to Rijin. They came into the house of the Rijin and they saw this incredible, magnificent house. For, for, it must be the, this man who owns this house, the son saw it, the man who owns the house must be the most rich man in the world. This is so fancy, so beautiful, so big. <clears throat> so finally the father says to the son, listen, I'm going to see the rich man in his room. So I'll go myself first inside. I'll make sure that he agrees with the deals that we're going to make. And then you'll go in and you'll talk to him about the business we want to do together. Of course, the son thought that the regional is this fancy rich man with, who does a lot of business and they're going to make do business with him. He had no idea that his father is tricking him. 
is tricking him to come to the Rishon, so the Rishon will be able to change him, right? To make him do tshuva for all his Averis and become a, a Jew, a chassid again. So the, the father says to the son, I'm going to go into the businessman's office, talk to him first, and then when I come out, you'll go into his office. So the father goes in, and of course they close the door, and he speaks to the Rishon, and the Rishon, and he cries, and he says, I came here with a message of the Mittal Rebbe, who told me to come to you to help my son. My son is doing things that are completely against the Torah. So the Rishon said, you know, every Jew has a spark of Hashem in him. No matter how evil he is, how many bad things he does, he has a spark of Hashem in him. And if we but accept that sometimes that spark is, is covered with a lot of dust. For the bad things people do, it covers up more and more that light that comes from the Neshama. If we help the person remove the dust, his Neshama will begin to shine again brightly. And then he'll change completely his ways. He says, listen, for now, go outside, tell your son that I want to talk to him. Father goes out and tells his son, okay, I'm finished with the business deals with the big, big, big businessmen. Now we need you to go in to finalize our businesses. Son goes in, and as soon as he looks inside, he says, oh, wait a second. This is not a businessman I'm meeting here. This is about money. This is about neshamas. This is a tzaddik here. <laughs> I didn't want to come to a tzaddik. I came because my father thought I'm gonna, we're going to negotiate a big business with some rich man. So he wants to leave, but as he's trying to leave the room from the Rishonah, the Rishonah stares him straight in the eyes and makes the guy feel like he's like melting, he's like shivering from fear. And the Rishonah points with his finger, come here, you're going to follow me to the next room. And they go to a room in the house, which usually nobody goes in there. And the entire room is covered with, with, with different Mirrors on the wall, big mirrors. And the Rishna says to the son, look in the first mirror. So I see myself. I says, no, no, no. Look more carefully. He looks more carefully and suddenly he sees a town where he lives. He sees in the mirror the town where he lives and there he sees a house, the house where he lives. And then he wants to go see what's going on in the house, in the mirror, so he gets closer, and he's in the house. There's him, and there's his mother, and there's the other kids in the house. And he sees how his father is taking him to Cheder every day. He's going to learn Torah. Then he sees the Cheder, how he's learning Torah in the Cheder. Then he sees <clears throat> his father goes to Shul on Friday night and takes his son with him. And he goes with his father, very proudly dressed like Shabbos. He goes to Shul to Davin and sing Lachadaydi. He sees everything that happened when he was a young child. And he was still behaving like a real Jew, like a Jew should behave. And then the region says, okay, now enough with this mirror. I want you to look in the next mirror. Because the whole wall was covered with mirrors all around. So look in the second mirror. Second mirror, he saw how he was already a teenager. A little grown up, he stopped going to Cheder, didn't like learning. So he started hanging out outside, outside the Cheder, outside the school. 
with some bad boys and um, played in the time of class. He didn't go into class. He just started play, played outside. Then slowly but surely he became friends with Goim. And he started learning from their ways until he completely stopped keeping Torah mitzvahs. And every mirror, he goes further and further and looks at the next mirror, next mirror, shows him another part of his life, another age of his life. And until he becomes like a real guy, he doesn't keep anything. And then he sees in the very last mirror this incidence with the bread by the Seder. He sees how the family is sitting at the Seder. He sees it all in the mirror like a movie. And he sees that they're all sitting around the Seder and his father is singing and, and, and giving uh, um, commentary and insights into the Haggadah. And then suddenly he sees in the mirror how he took a loaf of bread out of his pocket and put it on the table. I can't believe his eyes. And as he's watching this, he says, wow, is this me? I'm the one, that kid who went to shul, learned Torah so beautifully in the first mirror. Look how it became worse and worse and worse. And he starts feeling so sick inside from watching himself get, get worse and worse every day. Then he starts vomiting. He starts vomiting up everything. He couldn't take it anymore. He was so pained. <clears throat> I can't believe I did this to myself. And he got so, so sick inside until he couldn't take it anymore. He says, Rebbe, says to the regional, he turns to the regional and says, I can't watch this anymore. Please help me do truth. And he starts crying hysterically. And the regional told him to come with him in the room and he's going to tell him what to do and how to do tshuva. This boy became a chassid of the regional. 